Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients, team members, and the larger world. I am so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have impact. They're inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. For ongoing inspiration and support to get clear on your impact and put it into action, enter your name and email at workalchemy.com. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Silvana Roche. Silvana is a leadership coach and founder of the InsightfulExecutive.com. Silvana lives to fire up human potential, and her passion lies in supporting individuals in managing their internal psychology so they can create results in their lives and businesses from a place of clarity, freedom, and groundedness. As a consultant and certified executive coach, she guides founders and executives in becoming better leaders and creating thriving company cultures while staying happy and sane. That's a worthy goal. (laughs) Native of Colombia and France, Silvana has spent 12 plus years harnessing her unique global perspective to advise leaders consult on management, and lead international projects. When she partners with clients, Silvana also draws from her own rich personal experiences where she has applied and tested many of the tools she offers. So welcome to the podcast, Silvana. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Ursula. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Well, it's my pleasure. And I'm so interested in the way your work has evolved over time. What is it that brought you to this point with the business that you have right now? Mm, Yeah, it it seems like like a winding river. Um, And actually, there there were a lot of common threads. But I, I think I was destined to do this work and in a way, it's always been part of my life ever since I, I was a child. Um, I've always been super interested in, in psychology and understanding myself and the world and, and from a very young age. Uh, another part, I would say, was witnessing the ravages, so to speak, of poor leadership mm-hmm. in various organizations that I worked at in my previous career. I worked in international development. I was doing what's called capacity building with uh, nonprofits and governments across four continents. And I saw patterns of what made organizations and their people thrive and what drove others to fail. And this was very similar, whether it was in India or in Peru. And I was always able to tie it back to the leadership. So I was observing this happening at the macro level, right? I'm seeing it in, in, in organizations and governments. But at the same time, I was seeing it at the micro level, how important leadership is, how key it is. I would have conversations with people who were maybe in the corporate sector, maybe sponsors of the programs that I was doing. And I would meet a lot of leaders who were maybe disenchanted with 
the impact that they were having in the world. And they would make comments to me like, oh, you must feel so satisfied when you go to bed at night because you get to make a difference in the world. And I thought, hmm, that, that's interesting. Why are you f- feeling that way, that, that sort of disenchantment? And they would say, oh, I was, you know, when I was 20 years old in college, I was uh, in, in the environmental group. I was leading uh, protests and things like that. And I had dreams. And, and I got to see that a lot of these leaders, it's not that they didn't care. It's not that they didn't have a dream. It's just that somehow they had bought into the idea that you either do good in the world or you go the opposite way, whatever that might be. So again, I was observing how leadership at the micro level can have an impact on those people's teams and their companies. And then I got really interested in this question of leadership. And I've been just studying it for the last few years. I've been applying it in my own career when I was leading my own projects and teams. And little by little, I I inadvertently became a mentor, so to speak, to clients and peers. And before I knew it, people were sending me their friends to advise them on situations of conflict at work or how to become better leaders. And that grew and grew until I I was compelled to start a coaching practice. Hmm. Well, I I certainly understand what you mean about the ravages of bad leadership. I've come from a corporate environment <laughs> myself, so I I've certainly had experience of that and good leadership. But um, I, I love that you have this very international perspective and your observation about you know regardless of the country. From I think you said India and from India to Peru. I mean that their cultures are so different. Regardless of the country, you're seeing yep. similar things in terms of what makes good leadership, and you've you've managed to apply that and and put it into a, a really good good use and work in your your own consulting practice. Do you think that that's part of what makes your business really unique? That you have this broad based international perspective, or are there other factors that you think come into play? Ah, yeah, that's a good point. I think that absolutely plays into it because having having been exposed to many different cultures and worked in them and, and um, been sort of steeped in them has made me realize that we all in in a work environment, but outside of work environments too, we all have basic needs of uh, wanting to belong, wanting to make a contribution, wanting to be acknowledged. And those are basic basic human needs. They're almost very visceral, I would say. And yes, they they do show up in workplaces and they will impact how how people lead. They will impact how people respond to leadership. So yes, I absolutely think that that view has made my business richer. I also think that Part of what makes my business unique is that we work on a person's holistic intelligence when I start working with a client. We work on the whole person. So although people are hiring me uh, usually as their executive or leadership coach, I'm not going to be their time management coach. <laughs> and I have to be very clear about that, right? If, you, if you're looking for someone to help you get organized, so to speak, I'm probably not your gal. <laughs> but the work that we do is is much deeper than that. Um, we look at blind spots. We work on things like perspectives that may be limiting them or behaviors that my clients may be broadcasting to the world. 
uh, that are saying maybe not so great things about them, but that no one is pointing out to them, right? How they're showing up or how they're appearing. So it's not just executive coaching. It's, it's really guiding these, these leaders to develop a deep self-awareness so they can choose and create how they want to show up for their people, for their clients, for their families, for the world at large. Um, I think another piece of what makes my business uh, rich for my clients is that I give them the how. So we don't just talk about, you know, being authentic, which is something that gets thrown around a lot these days. Mm -hmm. I will help them identify their emotional triggers when someone is giving them feedback, um, when their pitch gets rejected so that they can really, you know, in being authentic, really recognize what's going on with themselves internally and adjust from there and not react from a place of, of simply, you know, having a knee-jerk reaction. Um, so there's a lot of explaining how you can do those things. And the other piece, I think also, that people are attracted to when it comes to working with me is that I like to combine East and West philosophies in my work. So hmm. I will draw from practices that are thousands of years old, like simple mindfulness and, and being present and to what's going on right now. And then also leveraging what we're learning from neuroscience and the cognitive sciences to help us retrain our brains. So it's, it's, I like to say it's stuff that we should have been taught in school, <laughs> but that we're not. And, you know, when, when you're in a leadership position nowadays as an adult, it's time to make up for lost time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, uh, I think that integrative approach is so valuable that you're not just dealing on one level. It's not all left brain kind of get to know how the science works. It's also about things on a more um, on a less concrete but more spiritual and, and just as real level of aspects of mindfulness. And I, I, I really like, too, that you're doing this. I, I like that term, holistic intelligence. I hadn't heard that before. And it's um, it's so much an important aspect of helping people understand the impact that they want to have, that they they understand all aspects of themselves because you always bring yourself to work. It's not that yes. one part of you arrives and the rest stays at home or goes and hangs out at the coffee shop. All of it, <laughs> all of you is there. So the better you can understand that and, and know what your, how your, uh, those perspectives are influencing your behavior is really, really valuable. Yeah. yeah. The uh I, I I like too that you're you're doing this very how focused approach because you know there's also a lot of talk in addition to authenticity. I, I actually wrote a blog post recently about is is authenticity just one more thing for your to-do list? Cuz hmm. it it kind of becomes that like oh man, now I got to be authentic as well and what does that mean? You're actually translating it into what is this what does this mean in terms of how you want to make shifts or changes and and taking some really practical approaches, which I think is so helpful for people. It's a great way to to integrate what they know about themselves and be able to make some shifts that they want to make. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's not one more thing to do on your to-do list. It's mm -hmm. something that maybe you can learn to weave into your daily practices. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's some of the in the course of what you were saying there. I, I 
I'm picking up some aspects of what you feel are important aspects of leadership. How do you see leadership after your really broad-based experience and, and the things that you've been doing? What do you think is important for leadership? Mm. <sighs> Two, yeah, a couple things that come to mind right away. One is, first and foremost, leadership is not about you, the leader. It is never about you or your authority or how talented you are or how smart you are. <laughs> Leadership is its about serving others. So it's about what you can do for your team. It's about how well you can inspire them. It's about how well you can guide others in becoming the better version of themselves, which means that you in turn have to model that, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. It's not about you. It's about them. Um, the other thing I think a lot of times when clients first come to me, and, and I have quite a few clients that are, are seeking coaching when they have just recently taken on a management position, right? So maybe they were in a very technical role before, mm -hmm. and now they find themselves having to guide human beings. And right. they're going, how do you do that? And <laughs> it's not so much about the doing either. Um, the doing will come, but I think leadership first and foremost has to do with you learning to understand yourself, learning to, uh, get to know yourself, what you're driven by, what your values are, how do you weave those into your, to the, the fabric of your business, but it's first and foremost managing yourself. And then once you know how to handle your internal stuff, then you are in a good shape to handle others and guide others. Mm -hmm. So those are a couple of things that really come to mind as key points of leadership that are maybe, you know, they, they may not sound uh, like what most people are saying out there, but in, in my work, I've discovered that those are the foundations of it. And from there you can build. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Uh, are there ways that you see your work how do you see your work as having the most impact on your clients? What what impact do you feel that them working with you has on them? Mm. I think the most powerful impact our work has is leaders are learning to become aware of their own thought patterns, their beliefs, and the subsequent actions that are based on those and how those ripple out. So, in our work together, we're usually going to explore, I like to say, how the four-year-old they once were is showing up in conflict situations with their co-founder, for instance. <laughs> um, so it, it's, it's really looking at the, the inner stuff um, before we look at the outward behaviors. And that kind of realization can have huge shifts, huge shifts in someone's ability to deal with today's challenges. It can be life-changing. But clients have to be ready to go there with me. They have to be willing to look at themselves first and go inward first in order to tackle the problems that are happening out there, so to speak, and move forward. So I, I really think that that's the most important way that I'm able to contribute to my clients is helping them go inside first instead of... What what are the things you're going to do, right? Right. 
Right. Which, especially in a corporate environment, that's usually where the focus is. There's not as much on your inner life. And even though there's been more of an acceptance of things like mindfulness practices as being part of, of big business, there actually is um, a, a way in which people have not necessarily had the opportunity or taken the time to really look at themselves and what's going on in their inner world. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I always like to say this is not stuff they're teaching us at university. They're not teaching us how to do this in MBA programs. We're definitely not learning it in in grammar school. Um, but it, it is the foundation, right? So there's a lot of stuff that you can do out there externally. But until you've really handled your internal stuff, the stuff that you're doing is not going to be as powerful or as grounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel that the approach that you're taking is having an impact on the industry that you're in? I mean, executive coaching has become a really significant area of business. And do you feel that you're you're making an impact there or that you're part of a movement in that industry? Um, I definitely see, and this is from my clients' mouths and from the, their testimonials and from what they have to say after we work together, I am making a difference in individuals' lives. Those individuals then are behaving in ways that are rippling out to their companies, their communities. Uh, you know, and th- so there's that impact that the individual is already creating in their community. And I like to think of myself as a as part of a yeah, part of a collective, part of a movement, part of a, a group of a very quickly growing group, actually, of people who are doing this work of what we call uh, bringing consciousness to the to the business world. And we're doing it collectively, one at a time. But when you have many doing the individual work, then it, it really becomes, um, it starts creating a tipping point over time. So I really do believe that I'm working with many others towards a shared vision and and i do feel like it it is making a difference collectively i i hear it in the way people speak i see it in the articles that are being written by founders and high-level execs at companies uh i see it in the language that people are using so it is it is happening not not single-handedly because of one person but i think all of us collectively are helping make it happen Mm. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm seeing that shift too, and I uh, yeah, I I really thank you for being part of that because I think that the the corporate world in particular has has moved in that direction more and more over time, mm-hmm. which is a very positive thing for the world in general. So that's great. Yeah, is it important to you to have impact with your business to make a positive contribution? And if if it is, why is that? It is, yeah, <laughs> it's so important. <laughs> it's, it's the whole, the whole reason I, I wake up in the morning. Um, my my work is such a, an expression of my purpose as a human being that it, it's what drives me. It's the reason I wake up in the morning. So absolutely, it is. It is very important. Would you be willing to share with us what you you see as your purpose? 
Sure. My, my purpose is to grow in consciousness myself and to continue doing that throughout my whole life. And it's then to also guide others in growing in their consciousness mm-hmm. and whatever that means to them, because I think it is really something that's different for everybody, mm-hmm. but it's also a desire that we all have. So yeah, my purpose is to guide others in in finding what that is for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Is is the impact that that you want to have is it something that you talk about in your marketing or in conversation with clients or is it something that kind of operates in the background for you that you're you're aware of but you don't necessarily speak about directly? Yeah, that's a very good question. So the impact that I want to have, you know, it it is my purpose, right? It's it's the purpose that I just talked about. However, it is not necessarily something that I talk about with clients in those terms. Mm-hmm. Um, when clients come to me, they they are not saying, hey, Silvana, I would love to grow in consciousness as a leader. <laughs> That's just not what they're saying. They're, they're right. coming to me because they, they are um, maybe having a lot of infighting with co-founders, right? And, and ego, egos running the meetings and, and they want to be able to find a better way to work collectively mm-hmm. together. So my impact, my, my purpose is in the back of my mind always when I'm working with someone, because I, I know from experience that as we grow in consciousness, all of those quote unquote problems that we're having are going to lessen and we're going to find better ways of dealing with them. But I don't beat people on the head with, well, we're going to grow in consciousness and then you will stop fighting with your co-founders. Right. So we, we definitely work on very practical things, right? And practical things can be practical ways of developing your mindful awareness in the moment and recognizing your triggers when you're in that in that sticky conversation with someone, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it's still very concrete and very applicable to my clients' day-to-day concerns. And what happens over time with the practices that I teach them, there is, there's only one way to go, which is they're going to grow in self-awareness. They're going to grow in wisdom. And they are going to grow in consciousness. So it's something that happens, I would say, on its own mm-hmm. without me needing to tell people this is what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. And this is a really wonderful example of how when we're, as, as a business owner, we're connecting with our clients where they are. It's not about trying to move them into or through something first before you can even connect and work with them. It's really about meeting them where they are, using the language that is important to them and focus on the issues that are important to them, but yet have this larger impact that you'd like to have as as something that does influence the process and the outcome. Is that a, is that a fair way to... Absolutely. Yeah. And I love what you say about meeting people where they are. That's, that's the only way that you can support and guide someone. Mm -hmm. You, you, I I don't care where you stand in relation to them or where you think you stand in relation (laughs) to them. You have to go over and look at what they're looking from their perspective 
at least for a moment. Yeah, I agree. Did did you always want to? Did you always have this purpose in mind um, in your whole in your whole career, or even even earlier in life? Or is it this being an agent of positive change? Is that something that's evolved? Hmm. So it's it's yes to both, right? It's um, for me this desire to have an impact has has been with me for a long time. I think that. Like a lot of people in in these helping professions, to to give it a general name, um, my my desire came from an early age, and and it came from my own struggles in my personal life. Um, I grew up in a dysfunctional family, and I was desperate from a very young age. And when I say desperate, I mean desperate. Um, to understand myself and to understand the world around me and to understand the grown-ups around me. And I was determined to free myself from the dysfunction around me. I remember thinking, I don't want this for myself. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I, I latched on to people. I latched on to books or practices that offered glimpses of self-healing and self-directedness. And as I got a little bit older... I also saw that, oh, hey, other people are are going through difficult things too. Hmm, maybe they want to free themselves from, from whatever's going on around them as well, right? So there was that understanding that I wasn't the only one. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, I remember being at a, at a beauty pageant when I was 10 years old and being asked what I wanted to be when I would grow older. And I said, I would like to be a psychologist or a psychiatrist so I can help people who are in pain in their head. So there was that realization of maybe I'm in pain, but maybe other people are in pain too, and I want to do something about it. And then that that stayed with me. Uh, um, in high school, I became a peer counselor, and you know we learned about uh, sort of the foundations of personal development and communication. And that was 20 years ago for me, and it has not stopped since. If anything, it's, it's continued to grow. Um, the other big push, I would say, to continue doing this work, not just for myself, but also to guide others, came a few years ago when I went through a traumatic experience. In uh, in the fall of 2010, I was assaulted in the street by two strangers in, in something that resembled the knockout game. And you can you can Google it, just don't look at videos. Um, but that that led to me having a brain injury depression, PTS, I had mornings when I didn't want to live anymore. And now we know from science that depression and suicidal ideation can be quite common with traumatic brain injuries because we've had, we've seen extensive um, research done on, on war vets and football players, for instance. But there I was surviving, but really struggling to find meaning in my life. And waking up in the morning seemed so pointless, and my marriage fell apart under the weight of all these circumstances. And I remember having a glimmer of of my higher intelligence in there saying, well, here's your chance to really test all these tools that you've been gathering for so many years. Let's see if they hold up to something like this. And... Long story short, I did pull myself out of the, the dark hole that I was in. And, and that was all thanks to practices like, you know, developing awareness of what's going on in my body and mind, 
what's what's happening when I'm feeling fear, my meditation practice, my yoga practice, um, eating very healthy foods, I quit drinking, and I essentially was able to self-heal. And I remember at the time that I was coming out of it, and, and I'm healing myself in a healthy way, I thought, hmm, if these practices can heal something like this, like trauma, imagine what they can do for anybody in their sort of everyday stressors and anxieties. Um, I, I remember someone saying to me recently after I told them the story of, of the attack and how I got myself out of it, he said, wow, I, I never would have guessed you went through that. You don't wear trauma on your face and you don't wear it on your being. Hmm. And to me, that, that was a victory and it meant that we do have the tools within our reach to heal ourselves. It's just that we are not taught them. Um, they're not easily accessible, right? But they are there. So that has translated in self, itself into my work in a really, really, really big way because even if my clients are not necessarily coming to me because of trauma, they are dealing with things that can feel very anxiety or even uh, that can feel like trauma at the time that they're going through them. Someone who hasn't slept in three months because he is overrun by stress and anxiety about what's happening to his company, um, he's, he's feeling desperate, Yeah. right? So it, it's allowed me, my personal experiences have allowed me to bring all the things that I have learned that have worked, that I've tested in my own life, to bring them to my clients' benefit. Mm. Because I know that they hold up. Right. Yeah, and I thank you for sharing your story. I mean, it's it's a very profound experience that you had. And, and not, I mean, certainly five years ago or six years ago, but also earlier in your life. And you've really turned those obstacles and barriers into something that are a gift for other people. You've been able to take those experiences and really move into a way of working and being that is now serving others. It's really your definition of leadership. Absolutely. I think what that all taught me is that it's not, it's not about what happened to me or about what they, in quotation marks, did to me. It's about what, okay, so it happened. What am I now going to do about it? How am I going to manage my internal psychology, my internal reactions, my internal pain, whatever is going on? How am I going to manage that from here on? Hmm. And how do I come out victorious? Because actually, it's, what happened, it's, it's not that it's irrelevant, but I almost want to say, that is not what's going to determine the outcome. What determines the outcome is how you deal with it from here on. And that is your choice. That is your decision. That is something that you're going to lead yourself. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the seeking of freedom. Mm -hmm. yeah. Things can happen to me, right? But do I want to stay in shackles because of it? Or do I want to free myself from what it is? Right. 
And how do I go about seeking that freedom? And I think, yeah, absolutely. When clients come to see me, <laughs> it's because they're not feeling free somewhere in their lives. And what a great way to put that. I think freedom, it's such a, a basic desire that people have. And it, mm. all, all the way from not being held hostage to whatever events may have occurred in your life to not to being free to make choices about your own behavior on a day-to-day -day basis and not be caught up in, in blind spots or um, just areas where you're not, not seeing where that's coming from. So, yeah, Absolutely. That's great. Well, one of the things I've been asking people is how has the desire to have impact and the impact that you've had, how has that been influenced by your values and you've, you've referred to a few things but just to be really explicit about it what do you feel that your values have a f um are a reflection mm. are reflected in the way that you work and the impact that you want to have and, and if you could share a few of those yeah that's that's a really nice way to yeah to continue the conversation we've been having because we, we just talked about freedom right mm -hmm. and um so I do have a few, a, a few core values, let's call them, that I'm, that I'm driven by. And they, they've been pretty much the same for a few years at this point. But I'll give you an example. One of them is, uh, one of my personal values for my life is sovereignty, right? Which is tied to freedom. And sovereignty, I don't mean in the sense that I'm, I don't see it in the sense, in a separate from others or, uh, Queen Silvana. Yeah, no, it's more <laughs> sovereignty of myself, mm -hmm. right? So it's I am sovereign over my own thoughts, my own feelings, over the, the actions that I choose to take, right? I'm sovereign over my own happiness. Um, and that's something that drives me, right? And, and it's tied to freedom, but it's also tied to responsibility, mm -hmm. both of those, because ultimately um, – my, my life and my actions and how I'm going to go about it, I'm the one who's ultimately responsible for it. Mm -hmm. But that's something that definitely comes up in my work front and center because it's, it's all about teaching others how to manage themselves internally, first and foremost, before you go and engage with others, before you go and have that tough conversation with someone, before you go and... Um, you know, communicate or, or, or think about how you're going to do what you have to do. Are you sovereign over yourself? Mm -hmm. Are you in, in, in deep awareness of what's happening, what you're reacting to, where it's coming from, what you're driven by, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's everywhere, I would say, in my work, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I do think that I mean, I don't know. Some people might disagree with me, but I think that especially when you work as an independent, having your values be very clear for yourself is important and also making sure that they're communicated in some way um, to potential clients because it's, it's going to affect whether we have uh, a good chemistry working together, mm -hmm. right? I think that yeah. someone who is at the opposite end of these values would maybe not be um, responsive mm -hmm. 
to to the types of tools that we're going to be working on because they are based in um, in getting the client to be sovereign over their lives. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think that knowing your own values makes a big difference in not only clarity about yourself, but who are you going to work with and what is the nature of the interaction going to be? Are your philosophies, for lack of a better word, well aligned? And that always makes for a much more, much easier and more productive work relationship too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you, you combined freedom and responsibility in your definition of sovereignty because there's so much talk of freedom and there's not, there's a bit of a reluctance to talk about the, the full picture, which of, of course includes taking responsibility mm-hmm. for your own actions. And that is, it's not only, uh, it's not, I think some people kind of see that as a as a negative or a well, okay, you have to have a responsibility as well. I actually see it as a form of freedom in and of itself because you can choose whether or not you want to take responsibility for something and then step into something wholeheartedly with that also in mind. Absolutely. Yeah, I think they're both they they go hand in hand. Yeah. Responsibility is what will give you freedom in the end. Yeah, absolutely. In a sense, yeah. Right, yeah. Well, you mentioned some aspects of, of practices that you use for your own self-care, uh, yoga and meditation. Are there what, what are the aspects that are most important to you in terms of supporting yourself and having the impact that you want to have? Mm. Yeah, I I love talking about this because it's it's something that I I um definitely find myself encouraging my clients to do a lot, right? There's this belief of well, if I'm self-caring then I'm being lazy or I'm not paying attention to the quote-unquote important things. Mm-hmm. Uh and to me the foundation for creating and giving in your work as a leader is directly related to how you nourish your mind, your body, your soul. Mm-hmm. So that that is first and foremost. And for me, there are a few things that are pretty sacred in how I self-care. Um, one of them being having a morning routine. And I also have an evening routine. Um, but a morning routine, you know, that includes doing a, a meditation just to start the day off clean. I don't look at my email anymore when I wake up I only allow myself to start looking <laughs> at it until an hour after until I after I'm done with my routine mm-hmm. um, so that I don't start inputting stuff in junk essentially in my mind first thing when I wake up uh, it's really having that buffer of instead of inputting creating some output okay what's my intention for the day hmm what did I dream about what's coming up for me what does that mean for me today so really getting clear on how I want the day to go um, making a healthy smoothie doing a little bit of exercise maybe journaling for a bit writing about what I'm grateful for setting my intention for the day based on what I'm feeling inspired by that morning all those things that can seem maybe indulgent, like, wow, you take a whole hour to kind of wake <laughs> up and get going with it. Yes, you do. And then when I sit down at my desk, I'm smiling. 
I'm so inspired <laughs> because I've been <laughs> sort of thinking about what this day is going to be about. So my, my productivity since I put this in place, especially the morning routine, has been through the roof. Yeah, it's, I, I totally agree with you. I have a morning ritual, I call it myself, and it's absolutely mm -hmm. fundamental to creating a foundation for the day that I know sustains me and has all kinds of great practices in it that are nurturing and supportive of what I'm choosing to do. It's part of that sovereignty thing that you spoke about and establishing your sovereignty at the beginning of every day. Absolutely. And I think in, in the work that you and I both do, Ursula, it's, I, I'm sure we find ourselves calling out our clients on not taking care of themselves or not making the time. And we have to do it. We have to model that, obviously, if we're going to encourage others to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, is there advice or are there insights you would share with another business owner who's asking themselves, how can I have impact? How can I positively affect my own environment? Um, yeah, th there's, there's a couple things that I have found are pretty, pretty universal that, or, or they can work pretty universally for most people. And I've, I've, you know, given these pointers to uh, new university grads and, and people who have been running their their tech company for 10 years. Um, but it goes like this. I'll, I'll break it down in, into four points. Um, the first thing I would say is identify what your gift is. And a lot of people get sort of weirded out by the word gift, right? But that that basically means... Your gift is something that comes naturally to you. It feels effortless. Not everyone can do it. And you can do it much better than most people. So you start weaving that gift into your business fabric or into your plans or into um, whatever it is that you're working on, that next project. Uh, two, I would, I would say develop some sort of personal purpose statement, your, your vision for how you're going to use that gift and to what end. Where, where, where do you want to go with it? What is it for? And I tell people you can get as specific and as wild as you'd like because you're writing this down just for you. This is sort of a guiding, guiding piece for yourself. Number three, I would say you then pull from that purpose statement the values that you want to live by in order to truthfully live out your purpose day to day. What keywords come to mind for you? You can distill those into simple words to have them as reminders around you. I put mine on post-its um, <laughs> when, I, when I feel like I'm not living them. There's a woman named Danielle Laporte, mm -hmm. and she is amazing. She's a soulful, kick-ass business muse uh, <laughs> for me, and she has a great tool to do this. She calls them uh, the core desired feelings, and she has a tool for distilling what your core desired feelings are. And, and I would also say, if you're feeling inclined, get the book called The Firestarter Sessions. It's a series of exercises where she will walk you step by step on how to really distill what it is that drives you in life and how to live that out. Mm. So you get clear on that. You have those keywords kind of present for you floating around. And then four is you wake up tomorrow, you look at those guiding words for your life and you use them as your filter for your thoughts, your words and actions, right? If you 
discover that one of your core values or, or one of those words that you feel inspired to live by is generosity, then what would, what would your behavior look like if you were using generosity as your filter, right? Like how would you be in the world if that's what you're up to? Um, so you do that and you repeat and you watch others respond differently to you and you watch them transform as well because guess what? Someone who's living out their purpose and who is really truly living their values and who's making an impact with it, it's incredibly powerful and seductive. And, and people can't help but go, ooh, I want what he has. Let me see what he's doing differently to <laughs> right. have that kind of life that's so inspired and so full of, you know, uh, vibrancy. Um, so again, I think it, it those steps of, of living out our values and living out our purpose, again, they're going to bring us closer to freedom. Mm-hmm. And, and that to me is, is why I do what I do. It's teaching others how to create that freedom of, of living for themselves. I love that step-by-step process. And you've really tapped into the core of a lot of things that are profoundly important to us as human beings, as well as people who have businesses or are really connected with our work in some ways. You've really, um, I mean, that, that's really great approach for looking at at one's work and life. So thank you for sharing all of that, Silvana, and for sharing your perspectives on leadership and um, the way that you are encouraging people to nourish their minds, bodies, and souls, even in a corporate setting, (laughs) Mm -hmm. to really bring about the kind of environment that we we all want to work in. We all want to work in a in a really great environment and and have a great experience there. And leaders are so much an important aspect of that. So your work is so crucial in making those kinds of shifts and and really supporting people in doing that. So thank you so much for sharing that with us today. Oh, you are so welcome, Ursula. And and it's me who thanks you for for having me and for allowing me to share um, my story and for sharing with others, how they can make this work for themselves. And thanks for also doing this work. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And uh, if people want, would like to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Um, they can go to my website, which is theinsightfulexecutive.com. And there is a contact form on there. I'm also on Twitter at S. Roche, where um, I tweet sometimes interesting stuff and sometimes silly stuff, um, <laughs> but entertaining, hopefully, most of the time. And, um, and I'm also on LinkedIn, uh, and my name is Silvana Roche, and I'm the only one in the world, so it shouldn't be too hard to find me. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, thank you, Silvana, for the work that you do in the world. I, uh, I appreciate that very much and the very thoughtful way that you're approaching what you do. So, so join us for more podcasts on impact. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, to keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact, Join our community of entrepreneurs like you by entering your name and email at workalchemy.com.